Welcome to the Church's Testimony Podcast. This show is about giving the people of the church an opportunity to share about the things that God has done in their lives. We believe that through the sharing of testimony, God is glorified and the church is uplifted. Our hope is that this will unite and encourage the body of Christ around the world. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Church's Testimony Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today we have Lauren with us. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming on, Lauren. It's oh. nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, our first time. Well, Noah knows everybody here so far, <laughs> but I guess my first time interviewing somebody I don't know. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, <clears throat> why don't you just tell us a little bit first about kind of who you are, maybe how you know Noah and Bella. Um and what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, hello, everyone. My name is Lauren. I'm 26. Um, I have a degree in music, majoring in voice, and I'm currently in the last semester of a musical theater diploma out in Vancouver. Um, I've been married for about two and a half years. My husband's name is Curtis. He's pretty cool. Um, And we live in Abbotsford. Nice. And yeah, and I met Noah and Bella. We worked at camp together, Camp Hmm. Luther. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You said your camp name was Quack. It was, yeah. yeah. I think that's a fun fact for people to know. It is a fun fact. Yeah. An interview with Cole and Quack. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I just think for, for this podcast, uh, our goal is to share what we've seen and heard mm-hmm. and for others to be encouraged by that. And we look at Acts 4, uh, verses 18 to 20, where um, Peter and John are confronted by Pharisees and the Pharisees are like, stop talking about Jesus. You have to stop teaching. Like, we're going to kill you if you continue. And they say, who should we listen to? Like, should we listen to you, you Pharisees, or should we listen to God? Um, But we're not going to stop sharing about what we've seen and heard. And so with that, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've seen and heard. Yeah. Um, I was raised in a Christian household, so mm. I grew up learning about God and having a lot of Christian influences in my life. Yeah, I'm the oldest of four kids, and my parents were very diligent about making God an active part of our lives and getting us involved in the church and mm. youth. So I don't feel like there's necessarily a specific moment where my faith became real for me. I, I've always just kind of had a relationship with God, and mm. as I've gotten older, it's grown and developed. Yeah. Uh, And then when I was 14, my family and I were coming home from a vacation and we got hit head on by another driver. Um, Unfortunately, it took the life of my dad who was driving the car and it left the rest of my family with really severe injuries. Hmm. My family and I spent the next couple months living in Vancouver at a rehabilitation center. And it was during that time that I was learning to cope with this new reality. And even though I was really mad and confused and hurting, uh, the way that I dealt with it with that grief was just by shoving it down and pretending like everything was fine. Yeah. Uh, I used my faith as a bit of a cover because anytime anyone would ask me how I was doing, I would just say, it's good. God's in control and he knows what he's doing because I wanted to be almost like this super Christian whose faith never wavered even through hardship. Um, But yeah, so fast forward about seven years later and I've been living with this suppressed grief. And I started dating my future husband, Curtis. And about three months into dating, I started realizing that I really cared about this guy and Mm. that I could picture a future with him. And 
when that happened, all that grief that I had been working so hard to just bury away started coming back up. And I started experiencing just debilitating anxiety about the idea of another person that I cared about leaving me. Hmm. You know, whether that be him breaking up with me or unexpectedly dying or whatever that be. It, yeah, there was just a lot I had to work through. Yeah. So I went back to therapy because I realized that I needed, yeah, just to work through those emotions surrounding our accident and my dad passing away if I was going to have a healthy relationship with the people around me. And it was during this time that I was finally able to admit to myself that I had been angry at God mm. and that I had felt betrayed by him. And I just couldn't understand how this was his plan for my life. Yeah. And then about a year later, Curtis and I got engaged and solidified it a lot, a lot of those uh, wedding details. And I was starting to feel like my life was finally getting back on track and I had a plan. And then uh, suddenly a lot of the plans that i had had for those next few years started kind of falling apart. Hmm. Because of COVID, the wedding we had planned was no longer possible. So Curtis and I had to uninvite three-fourths of our guest list and find a new venue. And it just felt like this day that was supposed to be the best day of our lives was going to be ruined. Um, my university graduation was canceled and I wasn't able to spend those last few months with my friends. Um, mm. my mom who had been sure she wouldn't date again until all of us kids were out of the house, met someone and got married pretty quickly, uh, which was really hard for me because I was not prepared to see my mom with someone romantically who wasn't my dad, yeah. let alone have him move into the house I was still living in. So, hmm. um, yeah, we didn't know him super well at that point. So yeah, that was just, that was hard. And this just caused a lot of strain within my family. And it just felt like every element of my life that used to be solid was just crumbling down. Hmm. And then me and Curtis's wedding came around. And the one thing that I'd been praying for every night was for like for literally a year straight, I'd been praying that there would just be no rain on our wedding day. That was the one thing I was like, please, God, just don't let it rain. Yeah. And I was so confident that it wouldn't because I thought with how much is going on and what's been taken away from me, God is going to give me this. Mm. And he knows how important this is to me. And I trust him. I trusted him so much that the night before, um, my mother-in-law called me and said that the forecast was looking like rain and uh, she would be able to get us 50 clear umbrellas. And I was like, no, thanks. It's not going to rain. Mm. I was like, so sure. And then 15 minutes before our outdoor ceremony, it started raining. Wow. And that was just like, the last straw in what I was able to emotionally handle. And I just started crying. I was crying all the way down the aisle and not because I was like so overtaken with gratitude with this amazing man that I was about to marry, but um, just because I was literally so angry at God hmm. and that he hadn't come through for me. And I gave, uh, yeah, I had given him my full trust even when everything else was going wrong and he still let it rain. Yeah. Uh, we sang two worship songs at our ceremony and I was choking back tears the whole time and people were probably like, oh, she's probably so emotional and like loves to worship the Lord. And, mm. but the truth was I was like choking back tears because I, and because I was so angry. Yeah. Um, I was like, my family's in mayhem. All of these dreams that I had got ruined. My dad isn't here to walk me down the aisle and God let it rain. And I know that rain on your wedding is such a small thing in the grand scheme of life. But it wasn't about the rain. It was about the fact that God had just completely broken my trust on something that I was so sure of and mm. hadn't come through for my plans. But that's kind of it. it. They were my plans. Yeah. And yeah, I've done a lot of reflecting and praying since that day. And I've realized that God is just constantly teaching me trust. 
it's the biggest theme of our relationship so far. And I don't have the answers. And a lot of the time, it feels like my life is in chaos. But I've learned that it's okay to say, God, I have no idea what you're doing, but I trust you. Hmm. I trust in your love. And I trust that your plan is better than my plan. And I believe that he is going to keep slowly revealing that plan to me. And one sermon that has really stuck with me over the years is one where the pastor said, a lot of the time when we're in the midst of hardship and we're only able to see what's right in front of us and it feels like this couldn't possibly be God's plan, but what we don't know is that God is holding the blueprints of our life and he can see the full picture Hmm. when we can only see what's right in front of us. And yeah, he can see how everything is working together towards his perfect plan and we can have faith in that and I can have faith in that. You often hear a lot of stories with these amazing God moments where he miraculously healed someone or came through in such a cool way where it makes it feel impossible not to believe in God. But I'm learning that faith is also believing in the love and the power of our God when the miracle doesn't come. Hmm. And yeah, I just want anyone listening who is maybe in a season of hardship and is feeling like God isn't showing up to be encouraged in the fact that God always comes through, just maybe Mm. not in the way that we expect or according to our plan. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of what God's been revealing to me over the past couple of years and teaching me. Wow. Heavy hitter right off the bat. Yeah. That's That's awesome. Thank you for for sharing that and for even just for preparing that. Yeah. Ahead of time. That's so cool. And I love how the Holy Spirit's already set up the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously a lot has changed for you over the last two and a half years. Like two and a half years ago, you were angry at God. Yeah. What is the last two and a half years looked like for you? How has that changed and brought you to where you are now? Yeah, well, I think it's a lot of just accept, like acceptance is a huge part of that. And mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, I think it's okay to be, to accept that we are angry at God sometimes and that yeah. we don't understand, but then just kind of letting that go and giving that up to him. Hmm. And uh, yeah, just saying, God, just use this and, yeah. you know, shape me. And I think that, through that, we've been able to have more dialogue between the two of us. Like it almost has created a more raw relationship um, where I can come to him and just be real with him, Hmm. which has been really cool. And yeah, I think there has been a lot of healing throughout the last two years with um, like within my family, within, um, yeah, just a lot of stuff. I think God does just keep showing up and showing how things are going to keep working out. And like I said, I don't have all the answers right now. I, you know, things, I can't say that everything is perfect and mm-hmm. has worked itself out. But yeah, I, I just keep, keep trusting that God is going to deliver and bring us, you know, bring, yeah. bring us through. Wow. That's so good. I, something I've been learning a lot lately yeah. is just about fidelity mm. to the Lord and Marriage helps so much. Totally. Like to, to really grasp what fidelity means. Yeah. Uh, with your spouse first and then being able mm-hmm. to apply that to your faith. Um, maybe are you able to touch on like what has fidelity to the Lord kind of looked like in your life? Having more so not seen all of those miraculous things. Like what was it for you? Like because you said you've been a Christian pretty yeah. much your whole life. Yeah. How were you able to like stay so committed to God, even when you were angry at him, even when you were, you know, not aware of his presence, you were still committed and you're. Yeah, I, I have been told from a pretty young age that I, my spiritual gift is the gift of faith. Hmm. So 
clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if I ha have a clear answer for that. I think I've just kind of always just kept trusting and and holding fast to to those truths that I learned growing up and God does, you know, within maybe within this testimony there's not a lot of examples that I gave um of where God has come through, but he does come through and mm -hmm. you know, I in the sense of he gave me an amazing husband who supports me and is able to, you know, support me through these hardships and um, an incredible uh, uh, family of in-laws now through him, which is great. And so, yeah, God has given me so many blessings throughout the years. He's given me a roof over my head and a bed to sleep in. Hmm. And yeah, an incredible husband, great family. And yeah, he does keep showing up for me. And yeah. I, hmm. I am so blessed with the things and I think that is a huge thing is I, I can I can see the blessings in my life yeah. as well. And I think that always just continues to lead me back to God too. Mm -hmm. Is there any story in the Bible that really stands out to you and has kind of been central for you throughout your life? Hmm. That's a good question. Is it? I think it's Job. Is it this? Is okay. Yeah, Job. I knew you were gonna say it. Yeah, <laughs> the story. I, I for a second I blanked on his name, but yeah, the story of Job is definitely one that had been very relevant to me. And just seeing that, you know, God was like, it doesn't matter what you have in your life. Like I am the thing that matters, and mm -hmm. the relationship with me is the most important thing and the most central thing. Yeah. That's so cool. And so, so what does your life look like now? Kind of what are you, you said you were doing a lot of musical things. I am. Yes. Yeah. Are you serving at a church doing that kind of stuff or how does that look like? How does it play out in your yeah. faith? Um, because I, because I go to school in Vancouver, I have an hour commute, um, wow. out there. So it takes me like an hour minute minimum to drive mm -hmm. there and drive back. So unfortunately that doesn't leave a ton of time, um, for serving within the church, Yeah. but I have found that, because I am not at this season of my life, not able to serve within the church actively, I do feel like it encourages me to be more of a disciple and to do ministry just kind of in my day-to-day -day life. Hmm. Um, yeah, whether that be just the way that I treat people around me and the way that I speak to people and just making sure that the person that I am and the characteristics that I'm portraying and the words that I'm using, that they are glorifying to God so that the people around me can hopefully see the light in me. And mm. like, hopefully that sparks questions and conversations and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What are, what are some ways that you live your life that you feel are different from the way maybe the rest of the world or the mm -hmm. non-Christian secular world yeah. does? Well, one thing I actually do think makes quite a bit of difference in my day-to-day -day life is I don't use any harsh language or like foul language. Mm -hmm. And I think especially in the industry that I'm working in, I think that actually really stands out to people. Yeah. Um, just because a lot of people are dropping a lot of F-bombs and, you know, constantly when my, when my mm. language doesn't have a lot of that, I think it stands out to people. And I have had people make comments to me before when they find out I'm a Christian, they're kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of figured. Just <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's one thing. And um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I probably have to think about that one a little bit more mm -hmm. too. But. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. And so, so this industry, like the music industry mm -hmm. at your school, how, are there any other Christians in there with you? Yeah, there are, are, are a few. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Definitely. it. I mean, theater is, though, 
definitely a more um a more secular industry yeah. right now like yeah. yeah it's definitely very prevalent prevalently um mm-hmm. not christian so yeah. <laughs> what are your hopes for the future with being in the theater industry yeah um i i mean i love storytelling that's a really huge part of my passion and so um i hope to just be able to deliver good stories to people and hopefully wow. that I've always wanted God to just intervene in that way in my storytelling. And I'm hopefully I'm just a vessel where God can use me to um, spread his message through whatever I do. I just always pray that when people come and see me, that somehow God is going to speak to them, Hmm. even if it's not necessarily a um, like a Christ centered thing that I'm doing. I just always hope that, yeah, that I pray usually before I go on stage and I just say, God, if something that I do is somehow able to touch someone in the audience and lead them towards you, I pray that that would be so. Um, I am also very hopeful that I can be sort of a light within uh, the community and the theater community and that people, yeah, would be able to see Jesus within it and within me. So Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I know anybody in the theater industry so it's cool to hear yeah that I'm like, oh that's good there's christians in there yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome how like what would you say to somebody who is who is wanting to go into theater and is maybe feeling discouraged because like you said it is a very mm-hmm. secular industry yeah like, yeah how what kind of encouragements would you give to somebody in that walk mm-hmm. i would say to someone like it it is possible and you can do it. Um, You do have to be mindful of the roles that you take and even just the words that you say, like I just had to have a conversation with my director where I, I said to them, you know, I've noticed that there's a lot of lines in here that say um, like that take the Lord's name in vain and Hmm. I can't do that. I, so like that's going to have to be changed. And those are really difficult conversations to have that they're, yeah, they're uncomfortable and you really have to step out of your comfort zone. But um, yeah, I think that even just that conversation, I think can maybe hopefully lead your director or someone to maybe think about it. And maybe that causes them to think, oh, well, you know, she obviously is very passionate about this. I wonder why. And maybe that would spark a, Mm -hmm. you know, a conversation within, within themselves. So I think that they're even within the uncomfortableness Hmm. of those conversations and those moments, I think that God will use those. And I think if there is a calling there and if God is calling you to do that, then you should do it and just see how he'll use you. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good encouragement. Even <clears throat> I find myself so often afraid of confrontation, mm-hmm. thinking that um, because I'm a Christian, people will be like, oh, well, you're just, it's just piety. Like, yeah. you're just holding yourself over me. You're making me change my play to make you comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, how have you kind of dealt with that, with that confrontational aspect? Because it is challenging. And I feel like especially this generation, and the, the upcoming generation being so involved in social media. Yeah. It, confrontation is not something we're well acquainted with. Hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, your question is like, how do you deal with, with? Yeah. Just practically, how is that something that you navigate? Like, so just confrontation within like people around me kind of a thing? Yeah. 
or like different views or yeah from like christian to secular how yeah. do you deal with that confrontation i think a huge thing that god has been teaching me with that is um instead of trying to uh force my views on other people i think it's really important to listen hmm. to other people and ask them questions and hear where they're coming at um sort of yeah just not make it that you are just trying to shove what you believe down other people's throats, but then, yeah, just hearing what they have to say, hearing what their life experiences have been, where they've come from, how they've found their views. And then it just, yeah, it creates a conversation and a dialogue. Hmm. And then if they then ask you questions about your life, then they, yeah. then you can, they hear where you're coming from. Hmm. And yeah, I think it just creates trust and a bond versus you're just preaching at somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And it's, I think if God, you know, wants to speak to them through that, then then he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Because you're not even, it's not you who's making a difference in their life. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're joining in with the Holy Spirit. So that's 100%. been happening already. Yeah. I'm always like, God speak through me. Like you, you do the talking. I, yeah. you know, I am not always articulate. So you speak through me. You do the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect. That's what you have to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I am the same way. Oh, that's so good. Um, and even one thing you touched on when you were sharing your testimony, mm-hmm. um, you talked about kind of your personal plans mm-hmm. versus God's plans. Yeah. Um, like how has that impacted you being in theater, like your own personal plans and your hopes for your futures versus giving up that, that pursuit to to the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. I've always said growing up, I, I always knew that I wanted to do musical theater since I was young or just some form of theater or performing, but as it's gotten closer to where I'll be going out into the real world and, and, uh, given it my best go, I've definitely just been saying, God, wherever you want me to go, just put me there. Like, even if Mm. I end up completely not in theater whatsoever, and I'm, I'm doing something completely different. I, as long as that's where God wants me to be, then I will be happy to be there. Mm. (laughs) So like, whether that means I end up teaching or I'm literally not a performer whatsoever, like that's okay. I, I trust that God is just going to put me uh, in the place where I will be serving him the best and that will bring the most joy to me in my life as well. So it's hmm. cool. It doesn't matter where you are as long as you're in God's will. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously if I'm on Broadway, then like, you know, okay, God, I guess I'll go, but yeah, <laughs> <Praise> the Lord. <laughs> yeah no, but yeah, I, I think I've always just said, God, I, I'll do the work. And then you, if there's opportunities that you want me to take, then, mm-hmm. then just make it apparent that that's where you want me to go. Yeah, just a willingness and an openness to kind of follow. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, why don't we take a little break there? Yeah. We'll grab some water, take a sec to breathe, and then we'll we'll pick up with some more questions and dig into some themes from your testimony. Yeah, sounds great.
Okay, well, I'd love to hear just a bit more about kind of your childhood and what your maybe your family situation looked like, um, kind of how your faith played out as you grew up in the church. Um, and yeah, kind of some, some instances that you said like the Lord had shown up mm-hmm. and some more like very personal experiences that you had. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my family was super close knit hmm. growing up, which I'm so grateful for. So I had a really great childhood and, wow. um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and yeah, experiences. Um, I, yeah, I grew up in the church and I, uh, grew up also going to Camp Luther where I met Noah and, uh, Bella. Mm-hmm. And that was huge for my faith too. Uh, it, that was definitely an experience that helped my faith come into its own. Uh, and yeah, I, I worked as a, as a junior leader. And then uh, when I got older, I became a senior leader too. And it has definitely given me a heart for youth ministry, hmm. which is something that, yeah, I'm very passionate about and hope to do in the future more of. What was it like being in such, like I grew up with five in a family of five mm-hmm. kids, um, but it, it wasn't very close knit. Mm. None of my siblings are Christians. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's w- weird for me to try to picture this like nice, healthy, close knit right. Christian like family with yeah. five kids because I, I kind of had the same template, but a very different outcome. Hmm. Um, so what, what, what did that look like for you? How is your relationship with your siblings and like, how has that affected your faith now? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it was very cool having so many friends basically in your house. Yeah. Um, we were also all, all homeschooled. Hmm. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, it really gave us a chance to get to know each other and bond as we were gr- growing up. And I think it that was helpful for all of our th- faiths, I think, having that kind of Christian foundation and coming, um, even though technically you could see it as sort of a bit more sheltered mm. growing up, I think it did give us um, sort of this solid foundation then going into high school and um yeah, all university, all these other places afterwards, especially when, because when I think about it, I haven't actually had a lot of, um, Christian based places after leaving my household and Hmm. like leaving my homeschool group. We went from homeschooling and then I went into a public high school right after that. Yeah. And then I, and you know, and university, I didn't go to a Christian university. Um, and so I haven't, ha- aside from church, I haven't had a lot of places that are packed with strong believers. Hmm. So I do think that having that upbringing and that um, Jesus faith family really helped me stand my own when I went out into the world. And, and yeah. yeah. That's cool. What are some things that you want to replicate and like some things that you want to replicate that your parents had done. Um, maybe when you're raising children of your own or mm-hmm. as your family grows and your, um, as you and your husband grow together as well. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you want to take away from that? Um, well, I definitely want to make sure that m- my kids see the love of God from a young age and that mm-hmm. we are fostering that and encouraging them uh, in their relationships. And so, yeah, that will be definitely very important for us. And 
watching my parents do it will definitely be a template. I think also watching Curtis's parents is also very inspiring to us as well hmm. in keeping Jesus at the center. Um, so yeah, that will be huge. What were some, or what are some practical things that maybe some advice to Christian parents now, things that, that you really, really appreciated that your parents did specifically that you hold on to and want to do with your own children? Hmm. I think something that was really big for me was that my parents, they were very committed to their relationship as Hmm. well. Um, we always knew that even if they were in an argument or anything that they were solid and that they had made a commitment to each other Hmm. first and foremost, and like a commitment to God that they were going, they had come together in marriage and they were going to be staying together in marriage and that nothing was going to waver that. And so I think seeing that, yeah, solid foundation just inspires me in my relationship. And then I think that when kids see that and they see that, um, yeah, that the love that's there mm-hmm. and just, yeah, the commitment, I think that is, it, it makes kids feel more secure. And I, I think that can also show the unwavering commitment that you can also have to God. And so I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. Were your parents involved in church? Like were they yeah. serving together? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. My cool. dad was very involved in worship and mm-hmm. uh, he was also a leader at Camp Luther when he was younger. So oh, okay. he, d- he did some youth ministry as well. Um, and yeah, my mom also did a lot of worship and uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, they and were what a, yeah. involved. What a blessing for Curtis too, yes. to come into that. Oh, just yeah. to have such healthy in-laws. And you said his family as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, they're also very committed within the church as well. So, mm-hmm. oh, That's just so crazy. Well, yeah, good for you. For, <laughs> you're like, I think like you're bearing the fruit well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you you're kind of have taken the torch from your parents and you're running it well. You're continuing. Doing my best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, <clears throat> what What piece of encouragement would you give to to somebody in in like a very healthy family where all their siblings are Christian, their mm-hmm. parents are Christian, extended family might be Christian as mm-hmm. well, but they're going through what you were going through when you were angry at God. Mm-hmm. Like how, how did that kind of relate for you? Because you had these people who were like strong Christians, but yeah. you were having a really hard time. Yeah. Um, I think something that I would say is, I think we... As a community of believers, I think we have to work with being more vulnerable with each other and mm. sort of meeting each other where we're at. I think a lot of time within within the church and within our communities, we can kind of want to put on this facade and walk into church on Sunday morning like everything's good and mm. and our lives are put together and yeah. you know our faith is the best it's ever been. But like that's not the truth. And I think the more that we can be honest with each other and yeah, just create an environment where we can be raw and vulnerable. I think that's going to just help us all grow closer together and, um, yeah, just be more authentic. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's a good piece of encouragement. I could have used it (laughs) when I was growing up, (laughs) but it's, it's hard. Like, you know, being vulnerable and admitting where you're at can be really challenging. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, if you're in a, in a spot where you're just like, I'm, I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm lost, like talk about that with the other Christians around you Mm. and, and just 
pray for each other. I mean, the prayer is so powerful. So like just come together and admit that things aren't going great. And then, yeah, just have someone pray for you. Yeah. And be okay with like the fact that you need help and you need support and, Hmm. and, um, yeah, be okay with that. Yeah. That's cool. Did you ever pray with your siblings growing up? I feel like I probably did. I can't, I can't necessarily Mm -hmm. think, oh, you know what I did actually with, um, yeah, with one of my sisters, she was going through a difficult time in high school. And I remember she kind of came down to me and broke down a couple of times about difficult things that were going on in her life. And I would, hmm. yeah, and I would pray over her in those times. Yeah, so. that's cool. Because it's not something I think a lot of people would expect to do. You hmm. know? Like for some reason, it, it's very easy to pray over other people and their issues yeah that's super true yeah it's hard to bring that back into your family yeah absolutely yeah i think i'm all out of questions (laughs) is there anything that you want to touch on still is there anything kind of sitting in the back of your mind um i think the only thing i had this bible verse that i was kind of mulling over this morning just as i was thinking about my testimony and Mm -hmm. um it's, I mean, it's a, a verse that if you've grown up in the church, you probably have heard it before, but I think sometimes when you hear it with, with fresh ears, it can be really impactful. Hmm. And it's uh, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Hmm. And yeah, I think that's just a really powerful verse and a really good thing to hold on to in times of difficulty and hardship. Yeah. And what does that, maybe as we wrap up, yeah. what does that verse mean to you? And how has that changed or affected the way you live your yeah. life? Well, I think, yeah, just give all your trust to God and um, just realize that you don't, you don't have it all together. You don't have the, the answers and mm-hmm. God's way is going to be better than yours. And um, I was thinking about the word um, straight today for make your path straight and thinking mm. that our definition of straight might not be the same as God's too. Like, you know, maybe our, our road might actually be a little bit windy and Hmm. to us, we're like, this doesn't make sense. But to God, he's like, no, this is the path that you're on. And I like, this is the one Hmm. just keep following it. Yeah. We can't, I think of Isaiah 55, like his ways are higher than our ways. Yeah. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts Yeah, and we can't understand it. Yeah. And so, if we can't understand the straight and narrow path, yeah, it might appear to be wavy yeah. at points, but yeah, yeah, that's a very good point mm-hmm. to leave us with. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just thank you for for listening to this episode as well. Um, for those who are listening right now, um, and thank you so much for coming on the show, Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh. I, I think it's so cool that you guys are doing this and. I've loved listening to the other testimonies of people who are within my community. I think it's yeah. so powerful. So oh, that's so cool. Thank yeah. you for that encouragement. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm glad that it's encouraging. <laughs> that's, that's the point. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for a new episode in two weeks and see you later. Bye.